0: Hello everyone and welcome to HeadWise, the weekly video cast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I am Dr. Lindsay Weitzel. I'm the founder of Migraine Nation and I have a history of chronic and daily migraine that began at the age of four. Our topic today is summertime and how all things related to summertime, the start of summertime, including travel, schedule changes, etc., can set the stage for migraine, headache, and pain flares. So we are wearing our sunglasses and I am super excited to tell you that I am here with Dr. Don Buse. Dr. Buse is a clinical professor of neurology and a psychologist who specializes in headache. She is one of our favorite people. Everyone knows and loves her. She is very well known and respected in our community, and let's get excited because every time she's here, we have so much fun. Hi, Dr. Buse, how are you? Hi, Lindsay.
1: Hi, Dr. Weitzel. Thank you for that kind connection. <laughs> and we've got our All sunnies right. on. Because we, we know we live with migraines. Sunnies are a big part of summertime.
0: Yes, so yes. we put our sunglasses on to get everyone excited about this topic. Now, summer is supposed to be fun for everyone, but we know that it can sometimes cause us some problems. Um, And uh, our topic is for everyone. There is probably something about summer, the schedule changes, the travel, the weather, that causes pretty much everyone at least a little bit of a problem. So we are going to talk about all this includes, how it can set the stage to increase our migraine, our headache, our pain flares, Uh, And sometimes, you know, if we're parents, it can cause these problems for our children, too. So, um, Dr. Buse, why do you think this topic is so important?
1: You know, I think the summertime topic is important, kind of like the holiday topic. For one reason, being that we all have these kind of romantic ideas from movies and commercials and social media, that these are going to be idyllic times, and they should be. Fun and perfect and wonderful, and yet we all know that even without migraine, that, you you know, schedules are changing, kids might be home, people are traveling, people are setting expectations that can be stressful and difficult, and then when you live with migraine, all those changes can cause challenges and increasing risk of attacks, as well as the stress that's associated. And um, there's also gonna be a lot of disappointment because a lot of important things might be planned during the summer, like a vacation that you were planning for all year or a big party that you were excited about or a wedding you were going to attend. And that really sets the stage for disappointment and sadness and guilt if migraine interferes with those big plans. So this is a really important topic for us to set expectations in advance for us to set expectations for other people and to have our backup plan B always ready to Mm -hmm.
0: go. Right. So we didn't pull this topic out of nowhere. There was some data just a few months ago, for example, that came out about weather changes triggering migraine. Um, It was great data for someone like me because uh, I do have a lot of problems with weather. Um, triggering me now it got a lot worse as I got older I don't know if that's because my migraine and pain issues were so daily previously that I didn't notice that to be a problem and now that I'm getting a little healthier now I notice it or if it just became a problem for me as I got older I don't know Um, but you know when summer comes or spring comes or fall comes I definitely notice this problem now Um, And then there's also um, data out there for something that we call surprisal, meaning um, that we don't focus so much on something we call a trigger itself, but a change in various things, whether they be sleep patterns, schedule, uh, et cetera, is is what causes a lot of problems for us. It's the change, not the factor itself. So there's data out there to to back up that... um, changes in our schedule, changes in anything can really cause people with migraine or other headache disorders a problem. And so summertime's a big change. Not only does the weather change, but kids are home or our sleep patterns might change. We're traveling and stuff. And so we have data to back up this episode and some of it is kind of new. So Dr. Abuse, what is the first problem you think of when you think of migraine and headache disorders being uh being increased in the summertime?
1: Well, um, you mentioned some big ones. You mentioned routines changing, be they mm-hmm. the sleeping routine, be they the daytime routine. And right. sometimes it may seem like a great thing for let's say a teenager who now can sleep in in the mornings instead of getting up real early for school. You would say, this is a good thing. and And it is a good thing, but that transition may be a little rough. Uh, changing that sleep routine. Um, we find that someone who lives with migraine, the nervous system of someone with migraine thrives with consistency in routine. And hmm. the more that we make changes in routine in any of those healthy habits, the more risk someone might be uh, for increased attacks. And so that's going to be changing sleep, changing diet, not being hydrated. Uh, ch- not getting enough exercise, um, additional changes in stress. And it's interesting, I said changes in stress. Would you believe that not only the increase in stress, but a decrease in stress can both set the stages for an attack? So mm-hmm. if someone may come out of finals week, the stress is over, they're on to summer break, hooray, and yet, boom, they get hit with an attack. Or it's the first day of their vacation, or it's Saturday on the weekend and we call that a letdown headache. So change can be really difficult for someone living with migraine. And as much as possible, we wanna think about kind of keeping a routine, keeping it fun, but keeping things routine and making changes a little bit gradually over the course of several days. Mm -hmm. Now you talked about some interesting studies. So let's talk about those for a minute. So Dr. Katsuki is the first author on the Japanese study you mentioned that used an app looking at weather and Mm -hmm. they found quite a few weather changes were related to increased attacks. They found that lower barometric pressure, and I'm sure people have felt that a storm is coming. You can predict it. Higher Mm -hmm. humidity. We can all imagine what that feels like more rainfall, um, and a couple different changes in the barometric pressure were significantly associated with increased headache occurrences. Um, We also know from other studies, including work that Dr. Vince Martin has done in the US, they found some some really interesting relationships, including um, relationships with attacks and lightning um, Mm -hmm. and some other weather changes. So (laughs) summer is certainly a time of weather changes, depending on where you live in the country heat, humidity, might be rainfall, might be barometric pressure changes um, that can directly affect migraine, as well as the secondary effects. You might get dehydrated. You might not have your water with you. You might be out all day at the beach or a theme park or wherever you are, um, and you're not staying hydrated. You're not eating on a regular schedule. All of those changes um, also might set you up for higher risk of an attack. Now, on Mm. the Other side, the opposite of that is protective. We think that getting enough quality sleep and managing stress and keeping routine and exercise and staying hydrated and eating on a regular schedule, we think those things might help raise your threshold and protect against attacks. And so if you've got two things going on at the same time, like you're going to finish finals week, and then you're going to get on an airplane where you have high altitude, and then you travel three time zones, and then you're going to go to a theme park where it's going to be hot, and you're not going to stay hydrated. Right. You've got to try to balance it out with
0: anything you can do in those healthy strategies. Okay. So I used, you mentioned sleep. I wanted to bring up something that, especially with kids, I've noticed, You know, sometimes they'll start sleeping way more because it's summer. And that can, because it is a change too, people will think that that's a great thing. And sometimes I'm really careful. I do have a young child with chronic migraine and I'll be a little careful. Okay. We're not going to sleep an extra three hours the first day, you know, take it slow um, because that is a change that can cause problems in some people. So be careful if you are, One of those people, or if you think your child could be one of those people, I always throw that out there. Um, Exactly. That's something
1: we all think about throughout the year in terms of weekdays versus weekends or days on work mm -hmm. or school versus days off. That mm -hmm. our nervous system likes to stay somewhat consistent. I know we want to get some sleep on the weekends or our days off, and it's great to get some, um, but a big swing in the schedule. is is challenging. And you mentioned the really cool work done by Dana Turner and Tim Houle at Massachusetts General Hospital and the headache prediction study called the HEAD pre-study. And you talked about the surprisal study. And this was Mm -hmm. such a cool one where they talked about surprisal units, meaning how different was your sleep? How different was your caffeine intake? How different was your stress? and they found that changes in either direction on all of these things were somewhat predictive of, were in fact predictive of increasing risk of a migraine attack or a headache. So, mm-hmm. consistency, consistency, consistency. Um, Dr. Richard Lipton and I once wrote an article on the letdown stress effect on headache and Dr. Peter Goatsby got to write an editorial for our article and he said, Boring life is what we're looking for here. Yeah. So I don't know if we want to be boring, but we want to be as good.
0: Yeah. Try, right. you, you don't have to be boring, but you gotta be careful, I do think. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think we wanted to talk a little bit about travel. Um, this is something that I think is 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 can be difficult because there's some things that are difficult to avoid if you're someone who gets triggered just by being on an airplane. Mm. You know, there's some things you can do about that. That one's hard, but I always, I did develop some tricks that I think I brought up to you earlier um, because I do have to travel a lot for work um, and some of them are for people who are really sensitive and some of them are, are for everyone. Uh, one of the ones I think I me- mentioned to you is if you, if people are traveling within the U S I always use one of the pharmacies that you can find anywhere, whether it's a Walgreens or a CVS, in case you find that you're in trouble and there is one of your medications you need, then you can always go there and get it. And I think that that is so helpful. Um, I also make sure that like a week in advance that I take account of every single medication I could possibly need, because sometimes there's an insurance delay or something and you even if you're just one day short on a medicine then one day of your vet your, your vacation could be completely ruined um, and I know that that sounds so obvious but gosh if you're if you take a lot of medicines for your migraine or your chronic pain um, this could be a really big problem and a trick that I've used too um, if you are traveling across multiple time zones and There are certain medicines where if you really change that timing, sometimes that's a really big problem. And so there were a couple of medicines I used to have to take where I would set a timer and I would take it at the same time I took it in the United States. Um, So if you have medicines like that, or you want to talk to your doctor, that is another trick. Um, If they're really time sensitive medications and they don't want to be taken 12 hours different or 10 hours different than you took them back when you were home um did you have any travel tricks yeah this? those are yeah.
1: Really good strategies lindsay those are really smart um one thing because i have migraine but very infrequently lucky mm-hmm. me i'm lucky about that is just having a medication with me on the plane mm-hmm. so you really oh, yeah. you get a long plane flight and it's not in your purse it's packed away in your luggage and you're kind of in trouble right. so simply having things with you, one on your person is pretty important for something you might need. And yeah. I'm guessing that might be a little harder to remember if someone is using medication acutely, not a preventive, to have it there with you as a backup. Um, I like uh, the ideas also of, of planning some downtime in a vacation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, as well as setting up the expectations for yourself. And whomever you're traveling with, friends, family, knowing that you may need a shorter amount of time, you may go back to the hotel room earlier, you may need to take mm-hmm. breaks, you may take a day off, and not feeling guilty about that, not right. feeling, sad. not feeling kind of getting that self stigma going where you feel that you are ruining other people's trip or you feel sad that you're letting people down. You know, Try to make this plan B so your family can have a plan that while you rest, they're doing something else or your friends are doing something else, but try not to take that on. Just remind yourself that you're living with a neurologic disease that kind of comes when it wants, even with all the advice we talked about, migraine, migraine attacks can and will still happen out of the blue, so it's not that you're doing anything wrong to cause them, but mm-hmm. we're Talking about strategies that might help reduce the risk, that might help raise your protective threshold, and that might help make it more manageable when an attack does happen.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, another trick, I think, because um, you, we you, you know, you were talking about the surprisal data, etc. This comes up for me for like adults and kids, whether you're traveling or not, and it's summer. Uh, make sure you're eating the same snacks, at least for a while that you were eating when the kids were in school. Uh, I try to do that with my son who is chronic and he's very young. And so we're, we just ended school here and we are going out of the country. And so I have packed very similar snacks for him that he was eating at school so that there's not too much of a shock uh, when we are in a different place and eating some strange stuff. So I'm trying to keep the surprisal, um, you know, as small as possible because there's going to be a change. There's going to be big time change. Sure, we're going to have a sleep change. So I'm trying to keep the food as similar as we can as we do that. And I think that's even a bigger factor for children for some reason. If you are a mom or a or a dad of a child with with migraine, yeah. Another
1: thing um, that can help. Happen- <clears throat> A lot of children with migraine will experience motion sickness, car Mm -hmm. sickness, airplane sickness. So that's something if your child does experience sickness or you do um, to think about in advance, is there a medication that they need for anti-nausea or that you need for anti-nausea? Looking out the window, staying hydrated, uh, looking at the horizon, all those sorts of things. But Motion sickness does travel a bit with migraines. So that's something to think ahead about because in the summer we're in the car, we're on boats, we're on planes, we're moving.
0: Mm -hmm. moving So
1: that's something Mm -hmm. to keep in mind. Also, you may need to think about packing um, comfort items like an eye mask, like... um, like earplugs. There are some earplugs that help regulate the altitude change in case you get the pressure in your ears or build that pressure in your head that might feel better. There's a couple of brands that you can just find at a a drugstore that might help. And other comfort items that make you feel better at home or feel comforted when you have a migraine at home, pack your little to-go bag having those items with you so that if you are not home and having an attack, you can have those items, be it heat packs, be it cold, be it, um, whatever works for you.
0: Right. And then, um, sounds simplistic, but don't be ashamed to do it. If you can build that rest day, if you're someone that seems to be, uh, triggered or you're set up for migraine by the plane flight or the long car drive, um, something I did in this vacation where we were bringing my son and he does have a bit of trouble with planes. Um, I was not able to build in a complete rest day for him, but I built in our easiest activity for that first day. So we're not immediately going on a giant hike when we get there. Um, you know, we're doing our, our most simplistic thing that will be easiest on him on that first day when we arrive. Um, I think is really smart when there's someone in your family that, that has migraine or, you know, is can be triggered by travel. And, and I think that I want to encourage people not to be ashamed to protect themselves or their children by asking for that in, in the trip. Cause it's not that hard. You know, if you're still doing all the same things, you're just doing the easy thing on the first day.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, even so, without yeah. travel- and even without travel, just being home, people may have a lot of heat and a lot of humidity mm-hmm. while just, just being in their own hometown, wherever they they live. So thinking about staying cool and staying hydrated, whether it's dressing in layers, wearing clothes that breathe, having comfortable hats, having your comfortable sunglasses, if that's what you like to wear, as well as even if you're somewhere hot, thinking about taking um, a cold um cold washcloth or a cold handkerchief and keeping your your neck and your pulse points cool, your your kind of the sides of your neck and the insides of your wrist, the insides of your inner arm, the back of your knees are all places that can cool you down more quickly, whether you're mm-hmm. home or traveling, trying to stay cool and comfortable is is important.
0: Yeah. That is a great idea. I, I love that because we I don't know if anyone has their ice hats. <clears throat> excuse me we love those here uh i i always joke that my son is a bit of a trendsetter and uh, one of these days every kid in the fourth grade is going to be wandering around with an ice hat because he wears it so. <laughs>
1: so. Well, we have a frozen pack that stays in our freezer that looks like a frog so we call it mr frog so i know when my uh, son says mr frog and then i see mr was, frog's uh, forehead
0: that yeah <laughs> that's fine.
1: and so maybe having a little small the small frozen a small little freezer pack or a pack that could be both warmed up and cooled down and then the trick of course is going to be finding the place to do it but hopefully mm-hmm. if you are at home of course you can keep it cool if you're traveling hopefully you can find a refrigerator um, a lot of times hotels and theme parks have assistance and they do have um, sometimes comfort stations or first aid stations that will have uh, different sorts of comfort items and so go ahead and seek those out. And as you go mm-hmm. into a theme park, a hotel, some of the bigger organizations, um, you might just want to ask what accommodations they do have. And you might be surprised that they have some nice comfort accommodations available to help.
0: Yes, they do. That's for sure. I've done that. And even um, on airplanes, they have more than than you think uh, if you do ask. And some people... Um, I do know people who pre-medicate before they get on airplanes, so that might be something you want to talk to your doctor about if you know uh, that you get triggered by airplanes or by certain activities that you know you're going to be doing in the summer.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We do have preventive medications that you can talk to your doctor about using in a kind Mm -hmm. of timeframe sort of way. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we just wanted to come say this so that everyone feels empowered to stand up for themselves this summer, whether you're on vacation with family, friends, or you are just feeling a little bit worse because we've got a lot of changes going on. And don't feel alone, it happens to so many of us. Um, Dr. Abuse, is there anything else you'd like to add before we go today?
1: Lindsay, those messages are so important. So I wanna also reiterate, this is not your fault. If you are either at home or you're um, you're traveling and you are hit with a migraine attack or you just don't feel well, please don't take it as a personal shortcoming or worthy of something to be embarrassed or feel guilty about. Again, this is a your body's response, your nervous system's response to a biologic process. But remember, as Lindsay said, a lot of times you have to kind of empower yourself to tell those around you, be they friends, be they family, be they strangers mm-hmm. you meet and while you're traveling, kind of explain what your needs are and ask for the help you need. So I hope that you're able to ask for and get the help you need to really have a summer for yourself, your family, that is enjoyable, that you deserve. Right, And we
0: talked
1: about I'm- some
0: interesting. I was gonna say you're not responsible for the response. Um, Once you've given your elevator speech of your situation, um, how it lands is not your responsibility. So you never have to be concerned. I always like to tell people drop the mic once you give your your migraine elevator speech. Uh, You never have to sit there and carry the worry of what someone thinks of you or how it landed. Um, I, I always like, to tell people that so i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you dr buse go ahead I love that point i love
1: that point i everything we can do to combat stigma is good mm-hmm. everything we can do to give ourselves some grace um mm-hmm. in life and and kind of enjoy life to the best that we can is really important so that's great 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 advice I was also gonna close by saying, we did talk about some interesting research today and you can always read the scientific research yourself directly if you're ever interested. Go to PubMed, the website is P-U-B-M-E-D and all of the articles from scientific journals published around the world are there on PubMed and you can just do a search. So you can search migraine and weather, migraine and travel, migraine and summer, whatever you wanna find. Um, you can't always get to the full article, but you can always read the abstract, which is the summary of the entire article. So that's kind of a neat thing to do to read for yourself if you would like to learn more.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Buse. And thank you, everyone, for joining us this week for HeadWise, the weekly videocast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. Bye-bye.